Welcome to Love Your Family again and again and again and again, the podcast where we focus on parenting with love and clarity. I'm Dr. Marcy. I'm a family culture expert who for over 20 years has been helping parents to create happy and strong families. Today, I am delighted to invite Cece to come on and chat with me. Hey, Cece. Hello, Dr. Marcy. So tell us a little bit about your family, just so that we know the the moving pieces and the people in the equation. Sure. So I am a divorced mom of an 11-year-old named Lo. And we, um, let's see, her dad and I split custody 50-50 on a weekly schedule. So she's with me for a week and then she's away for a week. We talk on the phone every night when she's not with me and she lives really nearby. So our lives are pretty integrated despite the divorce. Uh, She's in sixth grade, just started middle school and has changing classes and all that stuff. And she's pretty active, happy kid. Amazing. And about how long have you been divorced? Just so we have that context. Sure. So it's been about five or six years. Okay, great. So I want to know one of your favorite things to do with Lo. Ooh, favorite. Uh, so we really love listening to audiobooks and then watching the movies. And we have, a, we have a rule that we have to finish the book before we can watch the movie. So even actually this weekend, she just blasted through the audiobook of School for Good and Evil so that we could watch the movie. And she literally was like, every time we got in the car, it was like, we must listen to this. We were doing activities at home where she was coloring and I was like organizing things so that we could listen to the audiobook so that we could still watch the movie over the weekend. I love it. Yeah. And how many books slash movies have you done this with? Uh, so because we did a really big road trip this summer, I think in the past couple of months, there's probably been about six books that we've done that with. And then there's other books that we've, we've read together as well. But I think there's been about six movies tied to books. The combination of connection and bonding time with literacy and learning with fun and joy of movies. So many good things are wrapped up, not to mention some time management and planning that can go into those conversations. Did not even think about it. Sometimes changing behavior is more about recognizing what we're doing well and celebrating and highlighting that than always looking and pulling apart the challenges. So with that, I'm wondering if there's a challenge that you came to chat with me about. Yeah. So as much as Lo is a super happy and, and great child who like really loves helping others and engaging, especially with like younger kids, I've been running into some moments of, I guess, what I would call social anxiety. And I'll give you a specific example of, of one that we run into. So we'll go to Costco to go shopping. And while I'm checking out, she loves going and getting a slice of pizza. And so I give her my credit card. She goes, she, cause there's like a whole self checkout register thing that she orders her slice of pizza. And then she gets a ticket with a number and she has to go around to the counter and wait for them to call her number. So we've done this, you know, every, every like two or three weeks we go and, and we do this. So she's done it before. And so recently she, um, her number got skipped. And so by the time I got over, I had finished checking out and I get over to her and she's still standing there. And I'm like, where's your pizza? And she's like, they haven't called me yet. And I'm like, well, go ask, you know, just, just go find out. And she kind of walks over 
and it's busy. The, the people behind the counter, you know, are, are like filling orders. They're not necessarily standing there waiting to, you know, to answer your questions. And she kind of looks around for a second and she comes back to me and I'm like, go ask. And she, um, she goes back and she comes back to me and I can see she's starting to get, she's starting to get upset and like freak out. Cause then, then she, um, and she just like shut down and she wouldn't ask for her pizza. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, this is, this is a situation we run into. This happens, you know, our mistakes happen, orders get skipped, but she, she just like shut down and wouldn't engage in going and asking for her pizza. So I'm standing there in Costco having to try to figure out how do I help her through this, this moment where, you know, she seems like she's on the verge of tears and really just shutting down. And what did you end up doing? So I, um, tried to coach her, you know, at first I was a little, uh, I, it was probably not my most, uh, em, em, empathetic self that I was like, just go ask for your pizza. Right. Like initially I was just kind of like, what, like, just, just go ask for your pizza and kind of sent her back. And as she started coming back and forth and I saw her starting to get upset, I started to, to engage with her in a little bit more of like, well, what are you worried about is going to happen? And she couldn't really answer me. Right. And then she would, she would sort of, sort of do this little like stomp of her foot and kind of like crouch over, like, you know, like really, you know, could just see her starting to shut down and she would kind of walk back over. Nobody would make eye contact with her. So she'd come back to me. I would sort of say some sort of encouraging word. She'd go back. I mean, this probably went back and forth like eight times. And then as she was coming back, one, the, the final time or what became the final time, there was another employee who had just come around past us by chance. And he overheard us talking. Mm. And so he actually then stepped in and like, like he was like, oh, are you missing something? Do you have your ticket? And so then she gave him the ticket and he went and resolved it for her and got her pizza. So it was, it was an interesting moment too, because like the resolution was not necessarily what I would have in my mind ideally had. Um, mm-hmm. because she didn't, you know, she ultimately wasn't the one who asked. We just, we sort of ended up in a situation where a nice employee overheard us and then, and, and intervened, but that's how it, how it sort of resolved. And then we later talked about it and, you know, and we've had some other, this, this is not the only moment this has happened. We've had some other moments that are reflective of it. This is just a very like clear cut one to talk about. So first I want to congratulate you and celebrate you for not doing the thing for her. Oh, good. And, yes. <laughs> right. Because so often as parents, it's, it's like, oh, something's missing. Let me just go take care of it. And there's absolutely a time and a place and a necessity for that because we have to keep going, right? If, if this was on your way to soccer class and you didn't have the time to do the teaching moment, it's what we do because that's reality of being a parent. But I love, I love, I love, I love that you had the time and you created a teaching moment around it. You didn't make her wrong, but you didn't do the work for her. And that's key. Finding teaching moments in real life for our kids is critical. So awesome. Yay, you. Okay. Yay, me. So now I have a question. I know you said there are other situations where this would happen. In general, as a human in the world, do you think of Low as someone who is shy and withdrawn and has a hard time speaking up for herself? Or are there specific scenarios where it's more challenging? So no, I would not say she is a generally shy, shy child. I see her in in plenty of situations and even plenty of situations where it's like, you know, she needs ketchup. And so she, I'm like, great, go ask for ketchup. 
so it does seem to show up though more often in moments where she needs to advocate for herself and where there are, you know, sort of adults or sort of a lot going on. Um, so like I mentioned the ketchup one, because that's, that's another situation where like, I could see it happening, but it doesn't always. So I, I can see some patterns, but I can't always predict it when it's going to show up. Love it. So what I would first suggest, which is not kind of what you would do in that moment, which I do want to talk about, but I would connect some of those moments where she does advocate for herself easily in flow without thinking about it and connect it to these harder moments in, in conversation with her. So when you're like, Hey, go get ketchup. And she does, and it's easy. And she does be like, wow, you really advocated for yourself. That was awesome. How you asked so that the idea, the concept that she has of herself is I am someone who can go ask for what I need. I'm someone who can advocate for myself so that in these harder moments where she isn't really confident, she has the identity or is building the identity that I'm a person who does this. So therefore I should be able to do it, which will help her confidence build in those moments where it's not quite there yet. And I I love that. And I have a question for you on that, Mm -hmm. which is, would you even take it to the extent of like, hey, this ketchup moment could have been just like the pizza moment, but it wasn't, or just stick with like, yay, and, and celebrate. So I, as long as we're talking about having that conversation in the ketchup moment, I would do that. Okay. Because, and I would frame it as a, you've learned a new skill. You know, last week when we were at Costco, you had such a hard time asking for your pizza. And now this week you went and asked for ketchup with super ease. That's amazing. You're getting so much better at advocating for yourself. Yep. And it sounds like you are also saying, in the, the pizza moment, and I know we'll get to the pizza moment, and I kind of love that it's now the pizza and the ketchup moments. Um, but <laughs> I, hope, I hope you ate a good lunch before this conversation right? happens. Either, yes, either that or I'm hungry. Um, in the pizza moment, it's not then to be like, hey, last week you asked for ketchup without a problem. What's going on wrong here? Correct. Because then that brings up shame. It brings up the I'm not good enough. It brings up the why aren't I? And the truth is in those moments when we can't do the thing, we don't really logically know why. And so when we do that, like, hey, you have done this. Why can't you just do it here? It adds a layer to all of the feelings that are already stopping us from doing it. All we need to know is that in this moment, it feels hard. So in this moment, we need to figure out what to do to make it feel easier or possible or to remind ourselves that we can do hard things. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the shame piece. Cause in some ways like that's, it does feel like she is somehow taking on shame in those, those pizza moments. So yeah. 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 And we don't want to layer on that, right? There are enough places where our kids are feeling that for whatever reason, and that doesn't help us, right? Using yeah. that framework of, well, you could do it there. Why can't you do it now? Why can't you ask for your pizza? That is n- the why questions only bring on more confusion, potential shame, and resistance. Asking why in the moment of hard behavior will never actually help because we don't know why. And then your kids start scrambling, not only for why, but what is the answer to that question that will get you to leave me alone? Not the actual truth, but like, what's the Mm -hmm. answer that will make mom stop asking me this? Yeah. So instead, it's what do you need to be able to do this? 
right? Or pointing out the fact that she is capable, that she has the words, that there is a strength, right? The reminder of her strength is really what's needed in that moment, right? So there is, there is a, a version and, you know, with these moments, there's never the perfect script for all of them. It always kind of, there are multiple versions and it's up to each parent to discern in the moment, which is right for them. But there is a version where if the ketchup moment happened first, and now you're at Costco and she needs to ask for pizza, you're going, hey, remember last week when you needed to get ketchup and you went and you advocated for yourself and you did it? What were you feeling then? What made that easy? And how can we bring that energy to you now so that you feel really good going and asking for your pizza? Yep. Feels really different than the, you did that, why can't you do this? Yeah. Because our words matter. They okay. really do. They cool. really do. Okay, now <laughs> let's dive into what to do in the pizza moment. Yep. Right? So we get there, she hasn't done it. I love that you went to the coaching mode. My guess is that you weren't the most graceful in the beginning because you didn't realize it was a big deal. How yes. very human of you. <laughs> yes. Right? You were like, get the pizza, we're going. We, you know, you were in motion as a parent and that's happened. So you didn't realize. Once you realize you stopped, I would do one of two things. And it, it depends on where Lo is in that moment and what other skills she has. Sometimes our kids need the words. What do I say? How do I break in? Right. One of the, the ways you described it was there was a lot happening. And sometimes when you're a kid, you feel like, well, no one's paying attention. Therefore I don't matter. We then feel that way. And we don't literally know how to say, excuse me, here's my ticket. It's missing. And so saying to her, you know, what words could you use? You can ask it as a question or you could say, when I'm in situations like this, I just say, excuse me, my pizza's missing. Whether someone's looking at me or not so that she understands what she needs to go do. Cause that might've been her blocking point. In that, how do you navigate deciding, like, I know she knows the words, right? And there's, and I, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this, where it's like, I know she knows the words and where giving her the words feels like it's just giving her the answer and the easiest, the easiest out to just be able to get out of that situation versus the like learning moment of it. Does that make sense as a question? Yes. Yes. So sometimes we need to go to the very basic building blocks. And sometimes our kids already have those building blocks and they need a little bit more sophisticated structure. So what I'm hearing you say is that Lo already knows how to say, excuse me, my pizza's missing. She has those words, even though she can't find them in the moment, which makes me think we need to go to the next level up. We're not at the basic skill, which is where I went first, but yep. she's at the more sophisticated of how do I feel good to go say these words? Right. So we're on that confidence piece. Yes. So that she okay. can go advocate you. for herself. Right. So that looks like two different things. One is, and it depends on who your child is. Right. So for low, it either looks like, you know, what feels hard about going over and doing this, right? Some kids really can answer that question in that moment. So you can help them discern that you can say, remember, you can do this and really kind of pump them up. You can do this. You are strong. You are capable. You have a beautiful voice. People are ready to listen to you. Go give it a try. And, and that encouragement, that belief system and having her say, you know, I kind of picture the like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> 
She might not want to do that in Costco, but that kind of like, let's pump ourselves up and then go. And then the other option is to go through, well, what's the best case scenario here? We always, when we're in that moment of fear and anxiety, where we don't want to take the step, we are running through the worst case scenario, but she isn't thinking about what's the best case scenario. And so I love asking kids, well, what's the best thing that could happen? And often kids will come up with things that I never even thought of. And they'll say something like, I could get two pieces of pizza. Mm. That maybe they'll be like, I'm so sorry that we got lost track. Here's a second piece. And now what's the worst thing that can happen? Because she's going to have that one more easily. So I want to go the good first. Worst thing that happens, they say they already gave it to you and tell you to go away, right? Like she has some other story in her head in that moment that she may or may not know is not true of like, the boogeyman coming in, eating her because that's how it feels. And so laying out any of those three options will help her remember that she can do it and build that confidence muscle. That is what she needs in that moment. Does that feel more like the frame that, that would serve her? Yeah. Yeah. And so in that moment, it is, it is doing that work. So she feels really good. Now what ended up happening was that some other kind person heard, came and helped advocate for her, which is the way the universe works. Sometimes magic happens and she didn't have to do it, but I would talk to her about what, what would it have felt like had she gone over and asked for her pizza? Because the thing we sometimes miss, or, you know, once she gets it and sits down and eats it, you're just like on to the next is that pride that comes when we actually do the hard thing. And taking time in the moments when she does do it, when she does, you know, ask for her pizza and get it to be like, how do you feel now? I feel proud of myself. I feel empowered. I feel like that wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was 30 seconds ago. But that reflective moment can be a really beautiful teaching moment as well when we connect our actions and our feelings. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So then you, then you move it forward. So one of my favorite tools that I think might be helpful here, cause you, I know you said that you can't always predict when these things are going to happen, but you know, it's when Lowe is going to have to advocate for herself and when there's a lot happening. So just periodically, you know, once a week, twice a week, as you're going somewhere, pre-frame for her, the possibility of advocating for herself. So as you're going to Costco next time and being like, I wonder what would happen if there's a kerfuffle with your order this time, what would you do? Because we have proof. We know that that was a hard moment. So it might recreate itself, but you can do the same thing. If she's going, I mean, middle school can be rough advocating there. (laughs) Certainly, (laughs) certainly there are moments of on the way to school saying, you know, Hey, are there ever moments in school where you need to really use your voice and that you do it really well? Let's think through what, what those might be for today so that you're ready to go advocate for yourself. Preframing and telling the story of the best case scenario to come is an awesome way when we're dealing with some of these kind of, you know, shame, advocacy, pride, feeling spectrumy things that will help her find her voice. Yeah, you can definitely do that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And I think I try to, I try to find opportunities where it's like, 
here's $5, go get, you know, a loaf of bread at the farmer's market where I just, I try to set her up for those moments um, to not, uh, to, to experience some of those, those things, knowing like sometimes something might go sideways, but Mm -hmm. can I, can I at least like, yeah, give her, give her more experiences. So she has more breadth of moments to draw on. I love that. It is hard, right? At 11, you are, you are parenting in that moment between she's my little girl and she's ready to be a teenager and needs independence. And the more that you create that independence for her, the less she's going to demand it. And the more that you create the opportunities for her independence, the more she can learn the skills with grace and with support and with ease so that she feels really good about growing up as opposed to that crunchiness that can happen in teenage years where they want to be older and bigger than they are. Mm, yeah. That may happen anyway. Cause that's what happens in teenage years. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> like, did you just solve teenager dumb? Yes. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so anyway, but there's a little more ease that comes when you start right. providing that space and that freedom. Yeah. And, and pushing your kids to that edge. That's a little scary, scary yep. for you and scary for them. And then you stepping back and going, and she's old enough. I have to see if she's going to fly. It also means, it also means sometimes she'll fall. Right. And it's not your job to never let her fall. It is your job to hold her hand to help her get back up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any other pieces of this that you want to chat through, or do you feel solid? I feel pretty solid. Okay. I think, I think I want to play it back to you. What I, what I've learned. I think um, that's a great plan. <laughs> All right. So here, here's my summary. So help me, uh, help me with what this. I miss. So one is in the hard moments. So when I, for, so if I encounter a hard moment, right. Where something goes to one recognize like she's struggling give myself the grace to to realize I need to shift gears, recognize that she is struggling and to look at first, does she have the, I think you called it the basic building blocks to be able to navigate that situation. Mm -hmm. If she, if she does not work with her right to help her find the words or whatever piece she does, she needs in that moment. But if she has that building block already, then to shift to a place of helping her find the confidence to navigate that moment. So whether it's building her up um, to with, you know, sort of the, you can do this, you know, so helping her build that, or it's helping her see like, what's the best that can happen before talking about what's the worst that can happen, right. Navigating that, that like, it's not, it's not the story in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the moment, right. There's that. And then if, and then however it resolves being able to, to go back and sort of have a, a summary follow-up conversation of, of what happened in the moment. So that's the, in the moment of it. And then you I got also, that sweet. And then what I also took away, which is probably the thing that I forget most is the celebration of the moments that go right are easy to miss and, and not even like catch them when they happen. And so being able to celebrate those moments and, and acknowledge like she's, she's growing and she's learning 
um, and or to use those to pre-rehearse and and sort of talk through what are other situations she might encounter. Cece, you got it. Woo! Oh, yes. Yes. And that celebration we can use in so many ways. And we forget. We get busy in our lives and in the day-to-day that we just go from one task to the next. And the celebrating the successes makes all the difference. Yeah. Got to celebrate more. Yeah. Yeah. So I usually ask if there's one takeaway, but (laughs) you just recounted the whole story. Right. But I think it all. I, I'm I'm going to take it all. I'm going to endeavor to take it all. But if there is one thing I walk away with, I think it is that that celebrate piece, because that yes. that that for me really resonates as the the thing that is very easy to forget. Mm-hmm. Yes, celebrate more these moments where she advocates for herself. Highlight it to her. But for me, celebrating is also like the goofiness and the silliness and the crazy dance party because you can and it's you're in the kitchen and you're making dinner, right? It's just celebrating the good that is in your family. Um, makes it a happy family. Yeah. Even in the bumps. So Cece, thank you for being here, for sharing the amazing pizza story and all of those details that go with that, with, with us. Um, I am grateful for you. And this has been an amazing conversation. I want to hear how the celebrating goes. And how Indeed. the teaching moments go. And you got it. thank you for you who is listening to us right now. I am grateful that you are sharing your time because I know it is limited with us. I hope you learn something to take away as well. And if you want to learn more, come back for the next episode that will be here soon. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs>